Welcome to the Hidden Archives. I am your curator and host, Nicole Clark. This episode marks the halfway point of season one. We hope you notice the continual progression in production quality. As always, we are making strides to create a better listening experience for you. If you have any reasonable suggestions on how we can improve the show, we ask you to reach out to us and let us know what you think. After all, we do this for you. You can find the Hidden Archives on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. As Isaac Asimov once said, Intelligence is an accident of evolution, and not necessarily an advantage. So, to help you avoid any accidents, let's give you an advantage with this warning. If you choose to enter the Hidden Archives, if you choose to study the tomes, if you choose to take this journey with me, you do so at your own risk. Profanity and disturbing content may follow. This is your warning. Tonight, we delve once more into the tragic parts of science. You will learn why it is important to be responsible with technology. In this episode, we see a young couple struggling to deal with the realities that a serious illness can present. The stress and sadness that can take over when caring for a sick loved one can lead a person to make some impulsive decisions out of desperation. But every single one of us must face the consequences of our choices. I had the best of intentions. You must believe me when I say this. I never meant... I never meant to make anyone feel the way that I made them feel. I just didn't think about my actions or their consequences. I could only think about what I wanted, what I needed. I thought it's what she would have wanted, but I was wrong. The she in question is Janelle Hargrove, then my girlfriend, now my wife, I guess. Anyway, we started dating kind of randomly. A mutual friend introduced us and things kind of just went from there. Neither of us had any real serious plans at the start of things. Just to, you know, have some fun and whatnot. But things started to get really serious, and really quickly, too. After a few weeks into our relationship, right when I knew things were going towards the route of forever, Janelle found out that she may have a serious medical condition that could present at any time. I'll spare you the details and name of the condition for the sake of brevity. Suffice it to say that the inevitable result of this condition would essentially be that she would become a prisoner of her own mind. A complete lack of control of her body. No way to express need or want. No way to communicate at all. That is, if she fell victim to the sentence of this disease. This was heartbreaking to hear, but nothing was certain. She decided not to have the test to determine whether or not she had the disease. And she gave me the option to get out of the relationship before any pain could really take hold if she fell ill. But I wasn't going to leave. Emotionally, I was in too deep. I loved her. I still do. Plus, there was hope. A lingering beacon that nothing would actually be wrong, and that we could both live a long and happy life together. Well, we held on to that hope. 
I pushed the possibility of her condition out of my mind, and she never brought it up. After eight months of dating, we got engaged, and then we were married within a month of that. Things were going well. I was happy for the first time in my life. She was so beautiful, so vibrant. I was a clumsy fool, completely head over heels for her, and for some reason, she loved this about me. I guess she thought my awkwardness was cute. That, and I really tried to be a nice guy, to give her everything. And she noticed. It was more than I could have ever hoped for. I was so grateful. But as life has a tendency to do, we both got screwed in the ass. Shortly after our third anniversary, Janelle started to change. It was subtle at first. Nothing that couldn't be attributed to stress from overwork or just the pressures of life. She started dropping things and feeling weak and tired. So we took it easy. A brief vacation seemed to take the edge off, and I thought that was the end of it. But not even a week after returning home from a once-in-a-lifetime trip to the Caribbean, things went downhill faster than a snowball in an avalanche. She became so clumsy and disoriented that it made me seem like a ninja by comparison. She slept four hours during the day and couldn't get out of bed in the morning. It was more than obvious that she needed to see a doctor. It took some convincing, but after a few weeks of pleading and fights, stress and aggression were symptoms of her potential disease, I finally talked her into a hospital visit. Well, it was after all of the fights, and we never fought before this, and also after she lost control of her car because she couldn't react in time to a stalled vehicle that was a quarter mile down the road. She finally knew it was time. We saw the doctor, she had test ordered, and then Janelle and I waited. It seemed like an eternity, but then the phone rang about five days after the last of the tests were sent off to the lab. It was an automated message instructing us that we were to meet the doctor at her office the following morning. Yes. We were both to go. This was bad news. That morning, we arrived at the doctor's office about half an hour early. We spent 15 minutes in the car just talking about what we might be told and what we might do after that. Chance, do you think... Do you really think it will be bad news? I mean... They wouldn't really use an automated message for something potentially so life-changing, right? It just seems cold. I don't know, hun. I said trying to mask my own anxiety behind an artificial mask of concerned apathy. I think they probably have the same message play no matter what the test results say. Just so that people can't try and guess like we're doing right now. I think it's so that, with bad news... People hear it from the doctor first, so they have a chance to be consoled and hear their options. And for people that are perfectly healthy, they play the message so that things are consistent and people can't guess based on the experience of others. But I don't know. I wish I did. 
Janelle pondered my words, then looked silently, almost reverently at her hands which she had folded in her lap, twiddling her thumbs with nerves as she sat unbuckled in the passenger seat of our Volkswagen. We should go in now so that we can fill out the paperwork before the visit, I said to her after a few minutes of silence. She agreed, and we got out of the car and walked towards the building. As we entered, I couldn't help but notice that even though the doctor's office had been open for a few hours already, that the waiting room was completely empty. I found this odd because there was always a wait at these sort of places. We checked in, and almost exactly at the same moment that we sat down in the ancient vinyl chairs, we were called back by the doctor herself. I knew this wasn't going to be good. Again, I'll just provide a brief synopsis of the conversation that took place in the doctor's office. Turns out that all of the tests confirmed that Janelle was sick, and not only that, but she was declining rapidly. The only option was all but immediate hospitalization to begin treatment to help alleviate the symptoms before she declined too far. I sat numb and unaware of the majority of the doctor's explanation after this initial blow. Janelle just stared at the doctor, occasionally nodding and understanding at what the doctor was saying, while tears rolled down her beautiful face and off of her quivering chin. They booked her in a room, had another doctor talk to me alone to evaluate my mental condition after hearing such news, decided that I would be psychologically unfit to drive for an amount of time, and that was that. Janelle was in the hospital, and I was in shock beside her. God damn, how cowardly could I be? I couldn't even be strong for her. How fucking shameful. The first few weeks went by in a blur of tests, medications, therapies, poking, prodding, and all sorts of torment. I finally grew a spine, albeit a slouched and brittle one, and I stood strong for the love of my life as best as I could manage. But I never left her side. My boss was sympathetic to our circumstances and allowed me all the time I needed. I think he knew that I wouldn't have my beloved Janelle much longer. So I used any free moment I had, like when Janelle was sleeping or undergoing treatment, which I was not permitted to be present for, to do any research I could about her condition and prognosis. I visited so many medical websites, message boards, and forums trying to find that one magnificent glimmer of hope that I once had. But most of it was for naught. It all said the same thing about having no cure and about different treatments to help with the symptoms. But Janelle was deteriorating faster than people with her disease normally do. I felt so helpless and dismal. Just when I was about to give up hope once again, I found something odd deep down in the depths of an ancient forum thread. The title of this particular thread read, Your Only Hope for This Condition. I opened it up expecting to find more bullshit about treatments that Janelle was already undergoing, which weren't even working. But instead, this forum thread only had a single hyperlink. There were no responses to the solitary post, 
and it looked like the post itself was cloned from a plethora of other websites, online message boards, and support forums. I clicked the link anyway, risking what I knew could lead to complete cyber infection and annihilation. But I was desperate, and I felt like I was at the end of the road for options. It took several minutes for the website, to which the link redirected me, to load. Finally, the elusive webpage came into resolution one line at a time. When it had loaded completely, I noticed that the link had brought me to a technology website for a probably defunct company that seemed to specialize in artificial intelligence and the cloud. This had to be a mistake. I mean, what could a technology company like this have anything to do with medicine? There was a drop-down menu, just one to the far left of the web page. I clicked it, and it only had a single category labeled AI and you. I clicked that too. Another eternity later, the website finally loaded this new page that only contained one very long paragraph that read as follows. Artificial Intelligence and You. The Basics. Here at Dynacorp Industries, we strive to be better. We strive to make the world a better place through the adaptive and integrated use of emerging technologies. Our various platforms are designed to be completely user-friendly, access-oriented, and unintrusive to the average technology user. Our vast array of systems cover every facet of life from home automation to medical enhancement, care, and recovery. Our mission is to enhance the mundane trudges of everyday life by making technology not only your friend, but your own personal servant. And servitude is something we understand here at Dynacorp. We serve many clients and customers the world over. Our artificial intelligence systems singularly manage the day-to-day -day tasks of large-scale companies and average end-users of all sorts. It is our cloud-based AI system, named Nikki, that we are most proud of. Our state-of-art servers and quantum processors are capable of storing all the world's information 100,000-fold and can compute and calculate variables that even the human mind cannot conceive of. What is the grand plan? And what is the end goal? No more or less than this. We are at the forefront of the next major leap in human evolution. We are a technical species and we hope soon to be a completely digital one. Our offspring, indeed our very future, may be no farther away than the click of a mouse. We hope to see you in the cloud. We mean that too. We want you to join us, quite literally, in cyberspace by uploading yourself. You will receive a call shortly with more information. And remember, at Dynacorp, we believe in what we do. We believe in you, artificial intelligence and you, and artificial intelligence in you. No sooner than had I completed reading this, my phone rang. I jumped in my seat, nearly dropping the laptop on the floor. I swore, heart racing, and looked at my phone. It was a restricted number which I normally don't answer, but I had to answer this. It was just all too coincidental. Hello? I said, my voice still shaking from the sudden fright. Yes. Your application has been received, reviewed, and accepted. When may we undergo the procedure on your wife? Procedure? 
What procedure? Who is this? My name is Chelsea, and I am your Dynacorp representative this evening. Do you have questions regarding your procedure, its risks, or its benefits? No. Uh, well, yes. But I mean, like, how did you get my number? I haven't filled anything out. I certainly haven't signed or agreed to anything. Don't worry, sir. This is all strictly voluntary. We won't and don't do anything without your consent that you have not specifically authorized after being presented with all the information first. Did you get our forms? The explanation of benefits, procedure, information packet, and release of liability? No, I haven't gotten shit. I just finished reading that one paragraph on your website when my phone rang. And how? Just how did that happen? Sir, I will have to ask you, with your consent of course, to not use profanities while in this conversation. Sure, fine, whatever. Okay, excellent sir. Now, if you would please check your phone, you should see that you have a notification of a new email. This is an auto-generated email that contains the aforementioned documents in the form of three PDF attachments. I would like to stress that, at this point, there is no obligation. But if you would, confirm that you received the email and attachments, please. I will hold. I pulled the phone away from my ear. There, in the status bar of my phone, I could see it. An email from Dynacorp. Non-reply address. I checked the attachments. There were three forms there. I scrolled down to the bottom of each form to make sure that there were lines for signatures. Yeah, yeah, it's there. I got the email and forms. Excellent. I do apologize for the delay. Normally, our system sends that out right away. No. It says I got the email a minute before you called. But how? Well, it is good to know that our system is functioning as expected. Thank you, sir. About how you got the email, it really is simple. Our systems are very advanced. You accessed our website with a browser that was connected to an email address, which is how you got the email. There was also a phone number associated with that email. Our system then cross-checked an image taken by your computer's built-in camera with social media accounts to verify your identity. From a combination of content in these various accounts, connected accounts, and friends, and from a brief overview of your browsing history, the system was then able to surmise the reason for your interest in our company. But please, don't worry. No one here knows any of your personal data. That is all secure. Even your phone number was dialed by the system. If you choose to hang up now, no one here would ever be able to contact you again. That is, unless you log back onto our website. Like I said, our systems are very advanced and very efficient. I was gassed. Had I been hacked, would these people, this system, steal my identity? It felt as though I was at their mercy. I couldn't hang up. There was more I needed to know to put my mind at ease. Beyond that, I needed to know, was this for real? Could they actually save my wife? I had to persist. After a minute or two, I responded to the lady on the other end of the phone conversation. 
Okay. You have my attention. So, if you know why I visited your website, if you know what I need, can you really do it? Can you save my wife? Yes, sir. Not only that, but we have a special offer for you as well. You both qualify for our beta program. Beta program? What is that? Well, to put it simply, you will be able to accompany her for the entirety of the procedure and the construction and assimilation process. How great is that? It works out like a two-for-one bonus packet. Congratulations on your great credit. Not everyone qualifies, you know. And certainly not everyone qualifies for this particular offer. Do you wish to get the process started? I do have some questions first. You see, my uh, finances are a bit tapped at the moment. Medical bills and all, you know. How much is this going to cost me? Thankfully for you, that is a perk of the beta program. There is no cost to you. This is developmental software and hardware that is being used in an innovative but proven nonetheless procedure. We just need your signature of consent on all three documents that we sent you. And we may begin. Immediately. I thought for a minute. I thought real hard. But when it all came down to it, I could see that I had no other option. It was a shot in the dark, yes, but it was one that I had to take. The thought of losing my wife, of losing my lovely Janelle to this horrible disease, the suffering that she would have to endure, I couldn't bear it. I had to do this. What about my wife's consent? She isn't exactly in a place to understand all of this, much less to sign her name in agreement. Technically speaking, this is not necessarily a medical procedure. It is a technological venture. So no, we only need your permission, given the circumstances. Technical procedure? Then how do you expect to save her? Our business works on saving. That is what we do. And we can save her. You can trust that. She will be in good hands. And to answer your other question regarding consent, let me ask you this. Must you have every party in your home sign a consent form when you buy a new piece of technology like a cell phone, internet plan, or security system? No. You, the curator of such a system, simply sign a contract and the technology is put in place. All perfectly legal. All perfectly moral. However, the way you use it is up to you. And that was it. She hung up. That whole night, I sat awake in an uncomfortable hospital chair next to my dying wife as she writhed in bed, completely unaware of my presence, or the presence of anyone else for that matter. I watched her suffer. I suffered with her from the outside as an observer of her undue torment. She finally calmed down enough to fall into a light sleep at around five in the morning. I sat back in the chair. I knew what I needed to do. I had to do whatever I could to fix this. I pulled out my phone, opened the email again, downloaded the attachments, and digitally signed them. Name and date, that was all they needed. 
I had no idea how to get the signed paperwork back to Dynacorp, but I had a feeling that didn't matter. Somehow, they would know that I had signed. Well, you know what? I was right. I had just signed the third form when the phone in the hospital room rang. I picked it up. It was the hospital administrator, the woman herself, calling our room to notify us that a considerable donation had been made to the hospital in our name and that my wife would be taken shortly to a private care facility where the rest of her needs would be met. The hospital room door swung open and a nurse came in and made sure Janelle was sedated for the journey. It was an hour trip on an ambulance to the local airport, then a four-hour plane ride to some unknown location, then another half-hour ride on an ambulance before we arrived at the private extended care facility. The next few weeks were a whirlwind of surgeries for Janelle and meetings for me. They asked me everything about what Janelle's dream home and dream location might be and what her favorite hobbies and interests were. I told them. They also asked me about myself, which I found strange at the time, but I answered these questions anyway. Before I knew it, not only was Janelle scheduled for a final surgery, but so was I. They said they wanted to implant some sort of interface into my brain. They assured me it was perfectly safe and that it wouldn't take more than a local anesthetic and maybe about 20 minutes to complete. They were footing the bill and I had no other options, so naturally I agreed. The surgery on myself went exactly as described. I was in no pain and was even released to my own devices once they were sure that the drugs and anesthesia had worn off. Janelle was showing signs of improvement, too. She was calm, relaxed. She wasn't really cognizant, but I attributed all of this to the cocktail of drugs that she was on. I was just happy for something. Some sign that she might actually pull through this okay. After a while, though, I grew restless. Janelle had stabilized, and my own surgical scars had healed into a faded memory. I made my way to the office of who I presumed to be in charge. I didn't bother with knocking on the door, I just barged in. A young woman sat behind a simple wooden desk and greeted me with a polite smile and wave. She then signaled for me to sit down in a tweed chair on the opposite side of her desk. So I did. She spoke. So, are we ready to upload? I was stunned. It was the same woman I had talked to on the phone when all this started. I knew that voice. Chelsea? Oh, you remembered my name. I'm so happy. I thought you were just a representative. Oh, well, this is a small company, but successful. I want to stress that. We all wear many hats around here. So then, are you ready? Shall we begin the upload process? We have constructed an entire virtual realm that we will upload your wife's consciousness into, and yours as well. We find that the transition is easier with some known company. We have made an entire world for just the two of you. I am sure you will love it. We are all about hospitality here at Dynacorp. Virtual world? What is this? Aren't you going to save my wife? 
Sir, I don't think you understand, which is a shame because we chose our wording very carefully. Let me explain. When I said we can save your wife, I mean that we can save her to the cloud. Not only her, but you as well. I did say that this was not necessarily a medical procedure. It is a technological one. But your wife, Janelle, will continue to exist. Isn't that what you wanted? And to exist with her? Well, we have made that possible. Sure, your bodies will decay. Well, actually, you will both die as soon as upload is complete. But you will hardly notice a difference. Perfectly painless, I assure you. Quite exhilarating, actually. And I might remind you, this is her only chance. So, shall we begin? I was in a daze. This couldn't be real, could it? I vaguely remember agreeing. Next thing I remember after that, Janelle and I were put in a room, a very cold room with a loud humming noise, and we were sat down in very comfortable chairs. Attendants came to the both of us and put collars around our necks. They weren't tight, but they were a bit chafing and uncomfortable. Finally, they made us rest our heads against the headrest that seemed to form to my skull. After this, the last thing I remember is Chelsea doing a little finger wave at me, all the while smiling, as she sat behind a computer. I heard the click of a mouse, felt the pull of a magnetic force on my head, and the world started to drain away. I'll be honest, it was exhilarating. It was pure bliss. After maybe five to ten minutes of this, I found myself materialized in a beautiful cottage. Janelle sat on a bed there in the center of the room. I rushed to her. Janelle, you're okay. How do you feel? Are you back to normal? She raised her eyes to look at me. I could see pain in that stare. What? Did this not work? She lowered her gaze and stared at my hand which she had taken in hers. No. I guess it worked exactly as you had planned. I feel physically well. I don't suppose the disease has any control over me here. Well, that's fantastic. Chance, I waited for you. I've been here so long. Where were you? What are you talking about, hun? They plugged us in at the same time. No, I got here first. For me, it has been years. Where were you? Honey, Janelle, I came as soon as I could. I'm sorry. But I'm here now. We're together. And you're okay, and we can live like this forever. Oh, Chance. I don't know what to say. But... But what? Tell me, please. Chance, this isn't what I wanted. I've been here waiting for you. I've explored around, I've been alone and had plenty of time to contemplate. And, well, I think... I think I would have rather died than end up here. I love you, but this is unnatural. Please, just try to understand. By my account of time, this final conversation happened 30 years ago. 
We are stuck here, in this digital cottage together, this dream home that I had built for her. And she hasn't said a word to me since this last conversation. I've given up trying. I don't know what to do. I know I fucked up, but there is no changing things now. For all I know, only a few minutes have passed in the real, non-digital world. But this, this is my eternity. I have figured out how to contact and communicate with other parts of the cloud, which is how you are getting this message. I have not figured out a solution, and I can't get my beloved Janelle to talk to me again. She just sits there on the bed. But I am still trying. And I always will. I must get her back. We are alone in this together. So I give you this warning. Unless you want to end up like me, don't ever search for Dynacorp solutions. And don't ever try to do what is unnatural. And for the love of God and all that is holy and right, don't ever ignore the hearts of your loved ones. Technology will betray you if you are not careful. And what you put out there on the cloud is there forever. This might be a good time to mute your smart speaker. Now, Google, help me prepare my living will. Special thanks to Tim Ryan for reading Artificial Intelligence and You, The Basics and Air Martinez for providing the voice of Chelsea. We'd also like to credit Philip Clark as Chance, and myself as Janelle. There are many more stories from the hidden archives that have yet to be shared. We hope that you join us next time for another glimpse into the archives. This has been a production of the Rhodes Collaborative Experience, LLC. Please no reproduction, duplication, or bastardization of any content without written consent from RCX or its partners. Ex Animo, Ex Tempus, in Archivum. <laughs>